Suddenly, there was the second blast explosion. Uh, it was uh, very bad. I heard lots of glasses going down. And then I found myself on the floor. Uh, I didn't understand what happened, but then I, I felt something hot coming on my, on my nose. I, didn't, I was looking at myself and then I saw uh, blood here. Welcome to another episode of On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse, a podcast taking you to the front lines and behind the scenes of our work around the world. Today, we're taking you to Beirut, Lebanon, where we have a team responding to the explosion that hit August 4th. The devastation and destruction was immeasurable, and so Samaritan's Purse has quickly responded to over 300,000 families that had been displaced, and their homes were demolished, and the church building was destroyed. Thankfully, we have church partners that have been working with us long time, and they're helping us navigate and figure out the most vulnerable. I had the opportunity to talk with one of the pastors last June, and so many of the things that he said have stuck with me, but one thing was what he said about suffering. The suffering is the vitamin mm. to the church. Mm. And, uh, you know, red carpet and air conditions and, uh, I don't know, uh, Satan used it to mm -hmm. get people uh, comfortable and forget about God. Mm -hmm. But the suffering mm. is the vitamin of the church. It's amazing that our conversation was last June, but in this past year, this country has faced so many types of suffering, political turmoil, economic hardship, COVID-19, and now this devastating explosion. But it's amazing to see how the church is so rooted in faith and the suffering truly has been a vitamin equipping them to be a light in this dark time. I was encouraged to hear from this pastor again. They said there's some uh, 2,750 tons of explosive material and they were in the port and they don't know how it happened, uh, how it exploded, they don't know yet. Uh, half of Beirut has, has gone. I tell you, we have spent 17 years of war. It was a civil war. Christians fighting against the Muslim, the Muslim against the Christian and the Druze, you know, it was, it was really terrible. But this explosion, we have never experienced anything like this. This is really taken the uh, good people, the bad people, the poor, the rich, everybody uh, has been affected in this explosion. Uh, and the, the, the people of Lebanon were suffering from uh, uh, poverty before the explosion. There were no, I mean, 75% of the value of our lira, of our Lebanese currency has gone. So if you go now to the market to buy something, it's 75% more than before. Most, the most need for the people is to prepare their homes to be able to live. There's no glass. I mean, if, if, if you bring glass uh, uh, for, for people to be able to uh, fix their windows and be able to live, because in two months time, there will be winter. And if we don't do it before winter, it's going to be a very hard uh, time. So shelter and food uh, will be the greatest need, and plus med medicine. I really want the believing churches in America to pray that God will open the heart of the Lebanese. I want you to know that Samaritan Purse have been with this church for many, many years. 
the war in Lebanon started, the civil war, in 1975. And Samaritan Pers have been helping this area, this church, for, from 1975. Going in, we don't know these people. We don't know the most vulnerable. We don't know the needs, but the churches do. You know, they live there. They've been there. And, and so these DARTs, and we talk about the DART, the Disaster Assistance Response Team. These are teams that come in and help bolster people that live there and that actually do ministry and daily work there all the time. So I was able to talk to Bev Caulfield, who re- just got back. She is jet-lagged from her trip. She was the team lead there on the ground. And I was just impacted. Um, you know, I've read and heard stories, but to hear from her mouth and have testimony and have actually been in the church buildings that um, the partners that we are working with, I was just encouraged that she communicated the fact that although buildings were demolished, the people weren't. You recently, you just returned from Beirut, Lebanon. And so can you talk to us about how we responded, you know, and talk about the explosion that hit August Mm -hmm. 4th and how quickly Samaritan's Purse was able to respond? Yeah, I mean, it's the first time we've ever responded to an explosion that I know of. Hmm. So it was very unique that way. The window for an explosion for that immediate um, response is actually quite small, I learned, compared Hmm. to, say, other disasters that we had. Uh, that we've responded to. So when we got there, we had to quarantine actually for two days in a hotel. Mm. And that about drove us all crazy. (laughs) Um, But when we finally did get out, um, pretty incredible to see the devastation of the explosion. Um, All the windows blown out, doors blown out. And these are buildings that have, you know, um, aluminum frames. These aren't like just, Mm -hmm. you know, mud huts or wood frames or anything like that. These are robust buildings to a certain extent. Um, just the destruction was in- incredible to see that that first observation of that. Um, so yeah, I think that was a lot to kind of take mm. in. I've never seen an explosion like that at all. Uh, and the, the remnants of it. Over what, 300,000? Displaced. Displaced. Mm-hmm. So people, their homes, everything's yeah. ripped to shreds. And so everyone then started calling us and I was telling them I was trembling and crying and I said our house uh, has been destroyed and my daughter uh, has been hurt but we thank God we're still alive we don't know what to do but we were still here. So talk to me about what it looks like for all these people that are displaced and now homeless essentially. Yeah, it's really interesting in in Beirut, you have a spectrum, this economic spectrum. So you have people Mm -hmm. who are displaced who are living in beautiful apartments, Mm. but they're now up in the mountains with their family. And then you have people who were living basically unemployed, just trying to make a living and their places are destroyed. So you have this huge spectrum um, of people who have no homes. So those are the people that we were able to kind of get engaged with right away uh, through our church partner who just really helped us find those people um, and get our uh, NFIs, our non-food item Hmm. um, packages to right away. So can you talk to me about what Samaritan's Purse has done? I know they've sent two DC-8 cargo planes worth of supplies. Um, Can you talk to me about and how they're 
So Samaritan's Purse has provided a lot of supplies and DART, mm-hmm. um, 25, 30 DART members are on yep. the ground yep. to help bolster the church. But the yeah. church is doing a big work, yeah. right? Yeah. So talk to me about what they're doing and how they're yeah, yeah. helping these people that are right. staying back. Right. Yeah, I mean, we came in with some uh, tarp uh, hygiene kits and what we call power pucks with the solar lights because of power, even before the explosion, um, Lebanon has been going through a really bad economic um situation right now. Mm-hmm. And so the power was only always on and off, but of course the explosion even made it worse. So we were able to get those out as soon as possible. I think our first distribution, I can't remember what day it was, just a couple of days after we got out of quarantine, we were able to just at least get like 39 families that were in a refugee camp to mm-hmm. the the church partners area, COVID, you know, uh, protocols all in place. Everyone had to stand six feet apart and we were able to hand these things out. We were, well, the first day we got out, we were already cutting tarp, packaging it, getting our stuff out of customs um, and getting it ready. Since that time, we've had actually mobile distributions go out. The first initial week that I was there, people were in shock. Hmm. Like, oh yeah, I'll just go buy some glass and, and fix my windows. But there's hardly any supplies there. So people at first maybe thought, oh, I don't need tarp right now. I just need someone to fix my windows. But there's no one, you know, there wasn't enough people to do that. And so now people are like, you know what? I do need tarp temporarily to cover up this, to cover up that. Um, I do need some, you know, hygiene items. I do need some power um, and word is getting around that we have these things through our church partner and our church partner. I mean, their their network is incredible. We're just there to kind of come alongside with mm-hmm. our, you know, resources and ask them like, what else do you think the people need? And we can do that. Mm-hmm. I love, I heard from one of the pastors yesterday, um, you know, they were just praising the Lord, like you said, that no one was harmed, no one was there. The building is devastated, mm-hmm. but that is okay because yep. the church wasn't. And he he shared that there was a plaque of Psalm 27, 5 mm-hmm. on their wall and it yep. was totally unscathed. And I want to read it real quick. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, like you said, I'm sure people are devastated and there's tears, you know, and there's sadness mm-hmm. and sorrow. But these Christians are able to cling to that and say, praise the Lord. You saved us, you know, and allowed us to be able to be your hands and feet in this hard time. It's gone. It's all gone. I don't know how. Uh, we're Lebanese. We're tough. We're strong. We're going to stand back on our feet. We are praying first. Ah, before anything, before doing anything, they just need really to pray and have faith because God, it's God who saved us. You saw how close we are. And can you imagine if we were inside? There were a lot of angels that saved a lot of people. Because it's one thing to say that, you know, and, and I've been reading through the Old Testament and just seeing God's favor and God's promises and the way that people would say, you know, we have the Lord on our side and remembering what he's done in the past. But it's another thing to put it out into action. Really? And to really get mm-hmm. up and, and encourage people when you're hurting. Yeah. And when you're broken. And I know people's homes were devastated mm-hmm. from, you know, from the church. So here they are displaced as well, helping displace people. Yeah. So it's one thing to say it, but it's quite another to do it. And mm-hmm. like you said, Samaritan's Purse gets that privilege it really to is. walk in the brokenness. And I'm sure you feel closer with them walking through that hard time. Yeah, it's, and it's it's very, very humbling. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we, 
we need to be very, very careful of being humble when we are asked to go and help people in their most desperate times, that we are not coming in with some sort of savior complex, but being humble that God gives us the opportunity to be there to see these things, but to also learn from the people that we are serving. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, again, just am like, if, the, you know, watching my Lebanese brothers and sisters and their resilience, like, who am I to think that I have anything mm-hmm. hard right now? You know, like, this is their life, you know, like, and I think that's something that we need to remember. We need to go in humbly to serve because they have got something to teach us. God is using them to show us him in his glory and saying, I can bring anyone through anything, watch. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just very humbling. And so you've, Bev, you've responded to so many disasters over (laughs) your years, you know, Mm -hmm. man-made natural disasters. What is the difference um, between a man-made and a natural or are there, are the impacts different? Um, that's a good question. I think um, I think one of the biggest things is, and I was sharing this with the staff uh, in our devotions the, the day before I left, is that we can't control any of them. Hmm. Man-made, uh, natural disasters, obviously we can't control, but even at the, like the man-made ones, like there's no one that can control that explosion. No one can control the fact that the government completely resigned when we were there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. No one can control the powers that be that cause wars. No one can control COVID, but there's things that we can control. Mm-hmm. And we need to simplify it in that we can control two major things that God asks us to do, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, to love him with all our heart, mind, and soul, and to love each other, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. And if we focus in on just those two things, no matter which disaster we go into, you know, I, I think we won't get overwhelmed. And I think that's that's the tendency sometimes, at least I find, to get really overwhelmed of the situation you're in mm-hmm. and just being like, oh my goodness, you know, um, what are we, what is going on? What, what what are we supposed to be doing? You know, just being overwhelmed by the suffering, um, but realizing that God is in control mm-hmm. of those bigger things. And the thing that I need to control or our team needs to control are those two things. Mm-hmm. And if we do those two things, you're going to be incredibly, uh, it's just, I always kind of say like, then hang on because mm-hmm. God is going to do stuff that's doesn't make any sense. He's going to move those mountains for us. He's going to bring us the people that need help, but we need to do that first. Mm-hmm. Love him, submit to him and love our neighbors as ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Um, I know that's what I've been trying to do in this, you know, COVID. So here we've right. been dealing with COVID and schools being shut and just so many things out of our control. Right. But the reality is, like you said, everything's out of our control. I mean, we don't know what tomorrow holds. And right. so as believers, we should be a beacon of light mm-hmm. because we know we are sojourners. We are aliens to this world. This yep. is not our home. Yep. And so we want to tell everyone that, you know, yep. give them comfort. But the only way to do it is, like you said, to love mm-hmm. God and to love others. And I've been focusing on being faithful. You know, right. God hasn't called me to be successful. He hasn't called me to do yep. great things. He's called me to be faithful yeah. and obedient. And mm-hmm. like you said, that is something we can control. Yeah. And that For by sure. doing that, we love God and we love others. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. And that's what I love about Samaritan's Purse because it is not to get attention or accolades. I mean, they are truly 
wanting to bring Jesus' name into the situation. Yes, help them physically, but the most important thing is to help them spiritually. I take it uh, as as my Lord has done. Mm -hmm. Uh, he, He fed them. He, he prayed for them, he loved them, he served them, and uh, I do exactly the same. And doing this, I earn the right, when they see the love of Christ, I earn the right to tell them about mm-hmm. repentance. I read the Acts of the Apostles seven times. And if you read the Acts of the Apostles, you'll see they were feeding people, they were giving, and he said, because in a sacrifice like this, God is pleased. Mm. Yeah. And uh, we we do exactly the same. We love them, we help them, and we tell them about Jesus. If you only give them rice, and you give them sugar, and you give them medicine, and you don't give them Christ, mm. you've done nothing. Mm-hmm. You've done nothing. Mm-hmm. Because if you give them food, they will be hungry tomorrow. Mm-hmm. If you give them medicine today, they will be sick tomorrow. If you give them whatever, But when you give them Christ, you gave them eternal life. Mm -hmm. And that's why I don't accept any ministry without honoring Christ. Mm -hmm. If you give a glass of water in my name, I don't give anything in my name. Mm -hmm. And uh, I give things in the name of Jesus. So as the pastor said, physical needs are important. Samaritan's Purse strives to do that. But the most important thing is the spiritual need and the need that we have for Jesus. And it's always encouraging for me to hear from our leadership and be reminded that they don't take this lightly. You know, they rely on God heavily. Listen as Bev shares how she is in his word, needing his wisdom every day. I think the hardest thing, um, before I left, I've been reading through Proverbs. Mm. And so going into this situation, like many I go into, I'm just like, Lord, I just need wisdom. Mm. And, you know, you see all the destruction, you see the suffering around you. And you, again, you feel very, very overwhelmed. I think that's something that's really hard. But God, you know, like, if you cling to his word and the wisdom in it, he is faithful. Mm -hmm. Every day, you know, just, Lord, I don't know what to do today but I know you do. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trusting that you'll give me the wisdom and the team and know how to delegate and know how to empower and know how to move forward as best possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a verse, Proverbs 2, verse nine, it says, then you will understand what is right and just, a fair, every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. And that's something that we talked a lot about as a team. Um, there's just so much in there, you know, being able to understand what is right, a good path, having wisdom and knowledge, discretion will protect you. Um, when you go into a disaster like this, wisdom and discretion is just, it's, it's so vital. And so as always, God's word has a message mm-hmm. in that. And so that's something that I just really cling to a lot. Mm-hmm. This is why I want to have you on here because I want our our listeners, you know, our donors, our supporters to hear the heart of our leadership, you know, and this is truly 
how everyone is and how your team is. Every single person, and I know I love Jehoshaphat's prayer in Second Chronicles mm. twenty twelve. You know, Lord, I don't know what to do, but yeah. my eyes are on you. And this is why I want people to hear. This is the heart of our leadership. I mean, we really. Like you said, we want God's wisdom. We want to be called. We don't mm-hmm. want to force our way into things. And right. we want to respond as God leads. And then mm-hmm. once we're there, God show us what to do. Right. So I think this is why I love just hearing it because you have literally been on the ground. You've walked with these people. You've talked, you've seen it. And so for you to give testimony that that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then can you talk to me about some of the people you've met? You want to see your team getting out there. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, not getting out there just to, you know, distribute a whole bunch of tarts, but take the time to actually sit, sit in people's suffering. Mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. a lost art. Mm-hmm. Um, and listen to their stories. Stop and just listen to their stories. Because mm-hmm. that's all they want. They just want someone to hear them out, to hear their experience. I think any one of us who have gone through really tough times, we just want someone to listen to what, what we went through. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important. And so, you know, but I also love those times sitting with some of the uh, church leadership and hearing their heart mm-hmm. of what had happened and how they want to respond as a church. That was really encouraging for me too. Uh, from the first day when the explosion happened, lots of people called us, uh, me and mom, uh, from uh, other countries in the world. Uh, from all the countries, uh, the people we know, people from Canada, America, Jordan, Australia, everywhere, uh, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, and they sent, uh, told us that uh, they are praying for us. This was a family that our Samaritan's first team was assisting. And this daughter was actually in the apartment when the explosion hit, she was injured. And when she went to seek help at the hospital, she was turned away because they were so overwhelmed and they couldn't take care of the patients that they had. So she went home, had a neighbor clean her up, stitch her up, but yet she just talks about God's faithfulness and how he protected she and her mom and kept them safe. I felt I was really relieved with these prayers. I didn't, I know that the Lord is with us and uh, the Lord uh, will use everything for His glory uh, because all things work together for, for our good because we are the children of God. Now we can see the, the big uh, cloud. We can't see the sun behind the cloud. But I'm sure that the Lord, uh, the Lord already did this uh, several times during war that uh, people, He brought people to Him when they lost everything. When, when we lose everything, we say, Lord, I don't have anything anymore, so I come to you uh, as a refuge for me. And this shows us uh, how much they love us. This is really comforting. This is the Holy Spirit is comforting us a lot, a lot through our brothers and sisters in Christ from all around the world. And we thank the Lord for them because it's not easy for them to come during this uh, time to be with us and we really feel happy with their presence. They are a real comfort and uh, a real, uh, they are helping us a lot. And uh, this is how uh, I thank the Lord so much that he saved my life and my mom's life. but uh, I really praise the Lord and I give him glory because of his mercy. I'm still alive to thank him today. 
And so more than ever in this response, uh, we need to pray for protection, provision, their health, you know, their safety. I think for the people of Lebanon that um, God would just continue to fill them with strength. And in some way, they would see him, that there'd be opportunities to bring God glory that would bring people to him. Um, the Christian community in Lebanon is, is incredible, really. Mm-hmm. Um, that area of the world, it's so turbulent, and yet it's such a sacred place. It's so sacred. And you can feel that. And I just really pray that the people of Lebanon through the church would just, like every nation, would turn to God. Mm-hmm. And that if it means that the local church, um, Samaritan's Purse, whoever God wants to use, that out of this situation, you know, uh, people would would know him and would draw on him for strength to just persevere. Pray that the Lord will send us uh, good, good, uh, good leaders. We are praying now that we need a new government. We are praying the Lord uh, now we are safe. I mean, I'm still alive and others are still alive, but we are heartbroken for our country. We want new leaders, leaders who are not corrupted, leaders who really love their country and work for the best of Lebanon. Lebanon really is not because it is my country, but it is really a beautiful country. The nature we have, the people we have, uh, hospitality we have, uh, the languages we talk. uh, And we have a mission. The Lord gave us a mission is to uh, preach the gospel to all nations. In Lebanon, we have so many nations. They come to work in our country because they live uh, young people from Egypt, from Bangladesh, from Sri Lanka, uh, from Sudan, from Iraq, from Syria. Lots of people come to work here. So it's a big opportunity for us to show them the love of Christ, the love of God that was shown through Christ Jesus, our Lord. If we believe, if we believers, we stand together and pray, God will open the heart of the Lebanese, not only the Lebanese, all the Middle East, and even all the people in America, there's so many people, they don't believe now. But uh, uh, glory to Jesus, our prayer in, in our church here, oh come Lord Jesus, you know, because uh, we know these are the signs of the second coming of our Lord. So may the Holy Spirit move the heart of the believers to know that Samaritan Purse is doing a great job helping the people in the Middle East and not only in the Middle East, but all over the world. Just say thank you for your great heart and for your generosity. May the Lord bless you. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope and pray that you are encouraged and whatever you are facing today, I wanna remind you of 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down and not destroyed. I hope that you can pray for our church partners as they are truly living this out. Um, Verse 15 says, all this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. 
I know I was so encouraged by these brothers and sisters that were praising the Lord for his protection. And they're now using that to encourage others that have been truly destroyed. And so if you want more information, if you wanna hear more about what we're doing in Lebanon, go to our website. There's many more stories you can read and testimonies. Thank you again for tuning in. Thank you for praying and for supporting us in this effort. May God bless you. 